0: the minimalist philosophy, help me, as I said, like to embrace and not put myself in a box. As we say, for example, if I happen to be an engineer, then I want to always say I'm an engineer, or if I am uh, write, write a book, I want to say I'm an author, but I learn over time with the application of this philosophy, how wonderful is the life when we discover that we don't need to have a title. (laughs) We don't need to have a box or we don't need to be in a frame that always has, we have to deliver on that, that we say that we are. We can actually be absolutely anything and it's all good. We are the only ones that preconceive notions that something is gonna be wrong, but it's just an idea.
1: and welcome to an unknown adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann. Each week, I'll either be talking to you or interviewing someone about one or more of three exciting topics. Achieving your dreams, no matter how old, young, or infirm you are, minimalism, and unconventional travel. Thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show.
0: Thanks so much. I'm very glad to be here today. My name is Diana Olenik, and I am living right now in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in Canada. And do you like it? Yes, it's called I Learn Over Time. Actually speaking about minimalism, I learn over time to embrace wherever I am and whatever I have. So I happen to actually now realize of the gift of being here. So I like it. Yes.
1: Oh, that's good. That's important. And where are you from originally? I am originally from Colombia, from South America.
0: Nice. And do you miss it? Are you going back? Yes, I miss the family, of course. Um, I go sometimes a couple of years. And I mean, the last time that I went there, it was two years ago. I mostly miss the weather, of course beside my family and the foods are very delicious but as I say it's never a coincidence so I learned to embrace and to accept the identities because believe it or not When we are from different countries, we start developing some sort of identity from the country where you were from and some sort of a new identity from the country where you now live on. And that is an interesting process, psychological process that happens there. So I kind of learned to embrace myself in not a set of identity, but open to any type of circumstance now in my life. Oh, I love that. And how did you do that? It's kind of like imposed about with the the identities uh, related specifically with the fact that I'm from another country. Uh, I realized when I was in Colombia, sometimes I miss parts of me that were more common when I was here and the way that I have to to communicate and deliver messages, specific messages that translated are not exactly what I mean in my language and vice versa. So kind of imposed that, that was imposed, so that's, that's how I, I manage those identities. And on the other hand, as I explained before, also the minimalist philosophy helped me, as I said, like to embrace and not put myself in a box. As we say, for example, if I happen to be an engineer, then I want to always say I'm an engineer, or if I'm a uh, write write a book, I want to say I'm an author, but I learn over time, with the application of this philosophy, how wonderful is the life when we discover that we don't need to have a title, (laughs) we don't need to have a box, or we don't need to be in a frame that always has, we have to deliver on that, that we say that we are. We can actually be absolutely anything, and it's all good. We are the only ones that preconceive notions that something is gonna be wrong, but it's just an idea. Yeah, that's great. I've been exploring this exact concept for
1: a while because I feel like, you know, our labels or our identity is what I do for a living. Am I, you know, a wife, a mother, a daughter, uh, you know, how much money do I make? Am I an entrepreneur? Am I, it's just, and and I feel like there's so much more, like that stuff doesn't matter. Like what matters is how you treat other people and how you connect to other people. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yes. I think that We start to discover at some point point, our own truth, which doesn't necessarily, of course, has to be everybody else's truth. And it's wrong, in my opinion, when we say that person should think like this because this is my truth. No, it's everybody's truth is their own truth, and that is, makes it, it beautiful. And also speaking about those identities, the labels, as you explained, that's that's the right word. I also learn how to yes, I call. I have to be called a mom in certain situations. I have to be called, you know, podcast host in certain situations. I want to be called an engineer in certain situations or a business owner or a, And sometimes. To be honest, when people ask for the mini bio or the bio, I struggle a little bit because I have to put myself in that box that I don't want. And how can I explain them? No, don't ask me for a a bio because in my philosophy we are free and we can be anything that we want. This is something that is a little bit difficult for some people to actually challenge that mentality and, and open up. But in my own life, for example, I, at some point I wanted to become a journalist when I was in high school, but I wasn't able to become a journalist. It was economical pro- problems. I was born in a very poor family, so I ended up being an engineer because it was the only option that I had in a public university. So now with the things that I do, I am so amazed at the fact that I don't they didn't need a, an actual degree in journalism to actually explore those creative skills or talents that I could develop and that now I can do and feel happy saying that I do this work doesn't necessarily make me a professional or not professional. It's a beautiful creative work that comes from inside and that's where the value is without any title. So I love that concept. Yes, the labels and how we set ourselves more free, right? When we eliminate those preconceived ideas of who we are and just embrace the openness. It brings a lot of peace, actually.
1: Yeah. And w- what do you say when people ask you? You know how like everybody is like, what do you do? You know, what? what is your answer for that?
0: Uh, I think that um, in my personal transformation, in my journey, also we learn or I learn to be not imposing my ideas to others. I explain what I am, like ho- how I think. But at the same time, I have to communicate in a way that is at the normal labels, the normal conceptions, the the standard, right? So I feel that that has a little bit of compassion also. When we put in the normal in the normal concept, so I say I'm an engineer because people is more familiar with that. But if I g- get to the, have the opportunity to speak with someone deeper in these topics, is when I expand and I say, Hey, let's realize that we are not that. <laughs> it's fun to explore that. Yeah, so I just don't try to impose it. I just say I'm an engineer, depending, right? <laughs> yeah, it's easier, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. And what
0: led you to become a minimalist or toward minimalism? Yes, it's a, in my opinion, it's a beautiful story because I struggled a lot here in Canada trying to find a job. And when I was able to find a job, I found myself a slave of this job. I finally was able to work as an, as an engineer and I had to work 12 hours, 14 hours. And when you have kids, as a woman, is a very big struggle. You don't want to do that with your kids. That was my situation, my internal voice. And I started to look for ways to actually manage this better. Another of the challenges that I had is that when I moved to Canada, I realized that I could have more material things easier than in my country. I come from a third world country where it's more difficult for you to get material things. Here it's easier. the, The consumerism, right? So I fell in the trap also and I had a lot of stuff at, uh, at, at some point and with kids, many toys. So imagine having a, a job, working 12, 14 hours sometimes, coming back, seeing the kids sleeping, but knowing that you still have to clean, organize the house that the weekends are for cleaning and organizing. This was unbearable for me. So in that kind of frame that I was, I said, I have to find a solution. I started to see... You know, when you find solutions, how to organize systems to organize more efficient. And that's when I found more information and through the support also of my husband, we started to realize about this. We watched one day um, a show related with minimalism. And that was something for me interesting. I said, wow, it's kind of like you feel that it resonates with you inside, even though it's not something that you explored before. Everything comes at the right moment. So um, I started to explore more and study and apply the systems in place for that and also the right type of habits in doing myself. I started to realize of the benefits, not just in the actual management of staff at home, so the actual declaring, but what is behind that of the transformation that we were undertaking in our own minds. So I fell in love with the philosophy that's how I started. <laughs> Aww, that's great. And your husband's doing it too? Of course, yes, because we have the kids. It was beautiful for us to implement these, to teach the kids more about valuing things that are more important than material stuff. Of course, we still have toys. We still have gifts, but it's not like before. We understand now how this is a totally personal journey, not every family has to be the same, not every every family has to get rid of everything, is exactly what it fits for every family. And the most important thing, as I explained, is the exploration and the realization of how confused we were when we thought that by having more, we were going to be happier and that we were going to Uh, When we are there, when we achieve that goal, having that car, having that house, having this possession, that's when we're going to experience another type of life. So we were confused. And through that realization, that's the most beautiful part. With the kids, that's what some part of the legacy that we um, leave on the kids to realize and to having having good um, habits, um, enjoying more the moments that we have together rather than the material things teaching them that through example and also through the moments that we share together and that we discuss with them because we speak to them in a way that is like speaking to an adult. One of the kids is seven years old. He's a boy and the little girl, she is two and a half years old. So we enjoy playing together different games here at home that are, you know, little games, uh, sometimes some table games even, and those experiences allow us to have interaction, a lot of interaction and enjoy your meal times, for example, and enjoying that more than trying to get better stuff or the last type of toy or device in the house. That is um, how we have handled it and how it has produced very good results for us.
1: And how long have you been doing it? About four years now. Oh, okay. So before your daughter was born?
0: Yes, yes.
1: So she was born into it. So maybe it's, it'll be like second nature to her.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. As I explained, we have still have toys and we implemented this type of strategy where if she has five toys in a bin, where are like whatever fits there, then we rotate this bin with another bin of, of another five toys or whatever fits. And then we show them different in different times these toys so it's good because they get to enjoy the toys every time as if they were new and we avoid the temptation of buying new new stuff and she and she enjoys that a lot anyways so yeah it's good yeah that's a good idea and they can participate in the process because they get to choose which ones they want to keep also it's so beautiful because with that you can actually encourage these type of values of service of social you know charities of giving away and all of these things because they have to go through the actual process to say yes I let go I recognize I'm not using it let's give it to a kid that wants to play with that so it's important when you're an adult to have work with those habits when you were young because you're not going to be wishing all the time just things for yourself. You're going to be thinking in other people. And that's the base of a healthy society. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then your son was young enough, like three, so that it was an easier transition. Because, you know, trying to do it, I think, with teenagers
0: is, you know, might be more challenging. Yes. And, and still, there is, of course, the pressure always from a school, from the other kids, that they have these these devices, that they have this stuff. That is a lot of pressure. I totally understand. It, it, minimalism doesn't mean that you have to get rid absolutely of everything and and that. No, it's something super personalized. So it's more about teaching the values that you also as a person want to explore. And those values happen in the inside the minimalist philosophy to be related with value in more experiences. possessions so um, that's what we try to to the way that we try to deal with that i love that that's
1: great that's great and what about your family and like friends like what what responses do you get from other people
0: yeah right now because we are totally isolated (laughs) pretty much is good um the the closest family my husband his family is here in winnipeg my family is not here is in colombia um, so by their family, they, they actually honestly don't don't visit a lot. They are more, you know, in, in their own place. And they are super, super respectful. Like they are not, they never make honestly an opinion of, of how we are undertaking. Sometimes I, I, we send them photos of Penelope doing things or sort of stuff and they realize, or sometimes in a couple of occasions they came here, but they have never made any particular opinion. In Christmas, for example, I suggested that I didn't want any gift. Please don't give me gifts because they are actually, you know, they, they are traditional. So the, the traditional Christmas where you have to have many toys and a lot of foods. On top of that, we are also vegetarians. So it, it's also a little bit of it's an interesting um mix there when we go and, and meet together because we are always like a little bit like the different ones but they always say they they are very open and they understand that this is our choice so they are very accommodating actually they cook stuff that is more vegetarian for us and we are super grateful of that and we enjoy that we can be ourselves and that our identity or in in terms of the values that we want to share between us and that we don't have any problem with sharing with anybody else. We don't want to be discouraged. And at the same time, we don't want to change our values just because other people don't like them. In the same way that we love the way they are, we embrace them exactly as they are. Those are their choices and that's beautiful. We also, of course, love that, that the fact that they accept how we are. And so, as I was saying in Christmas, for example, I suggested I don't want any gift because what else I could have if I have every single thing that any woman could dream of or I, I, at least in my own opinion, coming from where I come. Of course, for me, this is like a paradise because, and look that I don't live in a millionaire house. I don't have the best. Actually, my car is very old. I But I feel, it's a feeling. It's just a feeling. I have the feeling of living as a millionaire. When I really... Go deep and and reflect on what will happen if I lose one of my kids, you know, if some of them were or my husband, we were going through a terminal illness right now because this is a reality. When I think on those things, I say I am like a millionaire right now. This is something that I have to keep with myself very clear every single minute of my life. I don't need more stuff to be happy. If all of these experiences that we are having, even realizing all this, even having this peace of mind that we are trying to get more and more, that is the millionaire state. That is the millionaire uh, mentality. I think that when we want to have more money or possessions, it's just a confusion of the mind, which is beautiful. That's why I embrace all of that. When people, you know, look for that, it's, it's just a little bit of confusion, in the sense that what we really want is what we feel when we have that possession or when we have that state of being you know, a millionaire or the money. It's the experience, it's not the actual money. It's the experience. So if we are able to remove the barriers and realize and attain that feeling, that the actual experience is something that we can have now, then we are millionaires. <laughs> and then we live actually more sustainable, ha- happy um, for forever, like for, for all our lives. I I feel that realizing all that and, and what I learned through minimalism is what changed my life forever.
1: I love that. And how did they respond with the Christmas?
0: What did they do? Oh, And the other part of what I uh, suggested was to make together like a pool of money for charities. So I I actually embraced an idea myself. I didn't mention this to anybody, but I made my own uh, charity donation on that day. And they they were totally okay they gave us a book which is a, a very beautiful um, gift and it was okay no they are totally okay they are happy of course they d- definitely gave us toys for the kids and we appreciate that a lot of course the, the, the kids play with the toys and we what we do every time that we get toys we know okay it's time to leave some let let some toys go (laughs) because sometimes they just don't play with some other ones as they are growing up so yeah that's what we do and it works it works well yes it doesn't have to be a stressful type of system the idea is that something that is beautiful that you that you apply the system generate the habit but it's something that you feel comfortable with doing that you feel good and the kids feel good. Right, that's
1: great, and it's great that your in laws are so supportive.
0: Oh yes, yes, they are. They are very respectful people. They are very my family. My family see me as very organized, a very organized person, like a very organized lady. So they know that I'm, I'm, I'm actually like that. Um, trying to have a stuff that is easy to the reach. You know, like not not when you want to find a gadget for the kitchen and you cannot find it when you need it because you have so many gadgets. (laughs) At some point, I was the one (laughs) who had so many pots, (laughs) an instrument for every single thing, utensil for every single possible (laughs) cooking procedure. (laughs) But... Then when I streamlined, it became way easier. And I realized of how like I never use many, many, most of many utensils. So that's an example of how streamlining became easier. I can find everything because everything is just minimal. I just have exactly what I need and no more than that. And the same with the plates, the same with the with the marks. Usually we receive many marks during Christmas and all of that. There is no need for that. We can we can learn to live with Whatever we need, and it's totally enough, it's totally perfect, and it's very efficient on top of that. It saves you time. You don't have to be maintaining and cleaning all the time. So that's better because we can enjoy more time with our family rather than being cleaning and being doing maintenance or doing laundry because I, I, ha- I have a lot of clothes, as you can see. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's it's beautiful. We men, we always love clothes, so it's okay.
1: Well, I have to, I'm going to have to get rid of, well, put most of them in storage, but. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, when we have different seasons, that makes sense to see, to see many, many type of clothes that need, we need for different. For example, where I live uh, in during winter, sometimes you have minus 30 even sometimes minus 40. So pretty much you need a jacket for minus 10, for minus 10, 20 for minus 30. It's very cold. It's extremely cold. So, and in summer you have temperature sometimes you of 30 degrees. So it's very extreme.
1: Of how much in the summer? 30 Celsius. Oh, Celsius. 30 is like 100 and yeah. Wow. So where do you see yourself in the future in regards to minimalism? I'm assuming you're just going to keep going, but are you going to minimize
0: more? I find interesting the van type of van life where people decide to live in a van or the tiny housing movement. I find those movements interesting because you get also some sense of freedom of more, you know, even getting rid of more stuff and the the fact of not being limited by a specific place, not being a slave of paying a mortgage or all of those limitations that we sometimes get into (laughs) and I like that of course it's a reality that we have the kids, they are small so we have to be also there are many considerations in terms of that I feel that rather than trying to get more like a bigger house, I want to have less that's that's what basically happens when you apply minimalism you you start to realize it's a process it's not that you get better you're minimalist and then you everything is perfect because in order for you to make it sustainable you have to maintain it you have to maintain the habits everything gets clearer again if you maintain the systems and the habits so in that maintenance also the transformation inside yourself continues and continues and that is what makes me have always as a con- in a consistent basis this practice of how can I have less and feel better with having less, not just in possessions, but in my own mind, expectations and all of those things that we have created the ideas that are necessary, but we can also go back and check, is it actually necessary? Is it an idea funded there? Somehow the concept got there, and I believe that is true. It might not be true. So then, th- that transformation inside also is something that I want to keep for sure.
1: Yeah. No, that's good. I think that's important. Actually, it's really important. You're like you're growing, but you're but you're growing philosophically and spiritually and and emotionally, but you're downsizing in you know materialism. <laughs> so
0: yeah, wh- whatever we feel that is not gonna fulfill those gaps that we've had before that we said, oh, the only way to fulfill this is if I put this inside, even ideas. For example, if I want to become um, a successful podcaster, let's say, then these are the expectations and these are the milestones or the steps that I have to take. But what if it's not true? What if it's not needed? You know, what if, why are you actually wanting this? And why, why do you have actually expectations and how would you be without those expectations? Frustrated? Less? and Unca- Incapable? No. So then that is, that is you know, like it's not just in terms of depositions, but also that beautiful transformation inside of feeling content with what we have, because what we have is exactly what we need. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I, I, for me, like, it, I think the question why is really important. Like, when I wanted to start this podcast, it's like, well, why? You know, what what is behind that? What is my reason? Because and and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the reason being because you want to make a live your living or money. That's fine. But that's never been my reason for most of my life or doing most of the things I've done in my life, because that's just not that's just not who I am. I mean, I've been there. I shouldn't say most of my life. I have been there. But now, (laughs) and in the last, you know, quite a few years, it's not been my, like, motivating factor.
0: Yeah, it's the same for me.
1: Um, I have a friend, because I also write, and I have a friend who writes novels, and her, and we always, everybody asks each other why, and so you know, because, because then it gives you a focus too. Like if I really want to make money, then I, you know, might have to follow different steps. And I always asked her why, because we started together and she said, I, because I want to make money. I want to make a living at it. And I said, it's not your passion. Cause for me, it's like a passion. Like I, I have to write. And she said, no, it's not a passion at all. I just am doing it to make money. And you know what? She is. She's making money. So I I just really admire that. I admire that she was able to call it out, get, you know, go after it. She had a full time job when she started and she was still writing and publishing. And now it's five years later and she's quit her full time job and she writes full time and she's making a living. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's what she wanted. That was her goal. And then I find like certain things, like you said, do you have to, you know, maybe you have to do this, this, and this. Like I always thought I had to do have huge Facebook presence for all of my little dabbling. So for my author pen name, I have author page and for this podcast. And I, but I don't like Facebook. So I hired a VA. And she's been working for me for years. And I just said to her the other day, I was like, yeah, I'm going to close down all my Facebook pages in six months. And she said, well, then why are you going to keep me on for six months? That's silly. Just let me go now and close them. I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) It's just so interesting. Like, I thought that's what I had to have because I see other authors doing that well. But I don't like it. So I don't have to do it. And it's not selling any more books. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we don't need to follow all these, the, the limitations. We can assess them and get free of them. Yeah, and the time it takes on Facebook, that's a waste. A lot. Not all of it, but a lot. There are so many distractions that we have around, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we put a lot of time recently, more, even more and more and more, in these technological platforms. That's another way that we can go back and think is it necessary? Is, is it efficient for me? I am changing sometimes, putting attention in news or in, in entertainment that maybe could be value more in your project or your passion or your goal, your family. So th- those type of things also are, are good sometimes to inquire in, inside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And good reminders because we're not going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. We all need
0: entertainment
1: <laughs> somehow, yes. Yeah. And what do you do with your with all the things that you get rid of, or especially at the beginning? Did you donate?
0: Did you give them to friends? Yeah, um, because we've been moving pretty much, or my life has been very moving from my country. I, for some reason, don't have a, a strong connection with friends that I have from so, from so many years. One thing that was considered is that Some people, when you have stuff that you have acquired, that you put certain investment, uh, the the normal tendency is to sell it. But we made a decision, which was for me a very savvy decision, which was to donate it. It's also a challenge. It's another challenge that you want to do yourself. Let's get rid of the device, for example. Okay, so then let's, let's publish it and sell it. But then another challenge. No, why we don't just donated and there is a challenge presented there because you start to think in how many how much money you invested in that and it's le- letting go of ideas. actually it's ideas it's not even money it's ideas that we have preconceived. So um, we did that we donated and um, there were tons and tons of things that we donated because we also received stuff from his dad when he moved from his home. So, um, Steve at that time, he didn't want to be, Steve is my husband, he didn't want to be in that position of saying, no, I don't want to receive that stuff. We felt that it was not good. So we took it. But then we had to do all the maintenance. It <laughs> was a mistake at the time. It's okay. We had to manage all of that. We did, we donated, and it felt after so good. It, it created some sort of, When you want something, you feel that there is something that you want to fulfill. When you let go of that something, it's incredible that you feel that when you have that thing, you're going to fulfill something, feel something. But when you let go, it's when you actually have the fulfillment because you don't feel that that you need it. It's an interesting thing that happens psychologically, I think. And I actually felt so good. And I also believe that when you let go of things, then more things come your way. (laughs) I believe that. So yeah, it's, it's, it has happened in my experience like that always. So that's why I say every time the life is going to arrange something, and you're gonna always have what you need. So there is no need to worry. That's what I think. Yeah, there's some big
1: things that I have to get rid of and i definitely am trying to sell them
0: (laughs) yeah it's okay everybody has their own you know process and still i understand that there is like an effort that time that took to actually get that that device or whatever we have so there was work involved time time which is time is even more important than money sometimes so there is an appreciation there for that i totally understand that it's different the journey is different for everybody so i get it
1: yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm only selling like 10%. The rest I'm giving away. But it's I'm never going to get what I paid for it. So there's that. There's like a huge depreciation
0: anyway. And that realization is what makes you, the next time that you're going to be faced With buying again something, then you say, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to put all of this money, this time, the maintenance that is going to require me this. Should I keep it actually? Yes or no. So I don't have to then later invest more time, try to put it for sale and all of that and get the disappointment if I don't get the value that I am expecting. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And then,
1: the, and then also investing in like large pieces of furniture, things that, you know, you have to hire a mover, you have to, you know, it's, it, there's a lot. It's so, there's so much. It's yeah. Maybe, I'll maybe I'll give my couch away. I've been, thinking, yeah, my couch is a big bane for me because I love it. And it was a big deal because it's the first couch I bought for myself with my own money. I call it my big girl couch. Um, you know, I'm 54 years old. It's about time. So then I was going to get a storage unit just for my couch because I'm moving into
0: a van. That's unbelievable. I didn't know when I was actually speaking about this, that that is something that I feel I admire that is so beautiful.
1: I was like, yeah, yeah. That's why I started this podcast because I'm moving into a van. And so I have to do all of these things. And, you know, I'm a planner. So I gave myself a year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm so I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm going to get a storage unit, but how big, you know, do I need one for my couch or can I just get rid of? I probably will give my couch to my best friend because she needs a couch anyway.
0: OK, that's a good a good way to go. Yes. She needs it. it there is a spot there for, for it right now.
1: Yes. Yeah. I tried to give her my desk, but she said no. <laughs> <laughs> I do give her most things. So what would you tell other people that are like aspiring to minimalism and don't know like where to start
0: or what to do or... Yeah, I think that it's like a feeling that we have inside to explore. It kind of comes presented by itself. It's not something that we necessarily need to push ourselves into something because of a, a set expectation of fixing some problems. Just like... When we try to go to a new restaurant, we're curious. We try this type of food. We try this appetizer. I think that that's the way, the best way to start slowly, not with not expectations, just to try slowly. And if you start to see that, maybe you start feeling some sense of more curiosity, even or maybe experimenting a little bit more with yourself because it it seems that you are experiencing yourself with actual material or declaring your home but it's all an illusion what you actually are doing is yourself is transforming yourself so you have to give time for that there is no rush there is nowhere to go so the best way is to start without uh, expectations just curiosity and the curiosity is going to be working little by little in in putting you in the right in the right way to maybe apply more stuff or to be more attentive of how you react under certain situations when you want to get rid of, for example, the coach, you know, or why or or from where this sentiment comes or and so it puts you a little bit in a travel inside in a trip inside and that is interesting. So some people actually fall in love with the process so then they don't feel it like as imposed or difficult. They actually feel it interesting. Yeah, that's good. I like that.
1: Thank you. So that's great. No, that's really good. Is there anything that I haven't asked or anything else that you want to tell people and then I still have one more question after that?
0: Um I think that is maybe a little bit challenging for people when they see this philosophy, they think that it's just for single people and that is not going to work with kids. They find it challenging, challenging sometimes, but I am here to desmitify it and say that we have two kids and they are not very, they are not teenagers. They are in the age where they want their toys And it's totally possible. I want to say it's totally possible. It's actually a gift. If you are able to to bring them in that journey also of transformation, it's a gift for them. It's a gift for their own life when they are adults, because they are going to start valuing things that really matter in life. And if they are starting small, that's the best time. So it's actually a gift that you can give if you start minimalism with kids.
1: Mm, Yes, I can see that. That is a really good point. If you could travel back in time and tell your younger self, at any age, a piece of advice, what would it be?
0: The life seems real in a certain certain way that the world is going to make you to believe. The only real perception of the life is the one that you can develop inside. So for that, there is no past. There is actually no future. The only reality is the present. And because the only reality is the present, you don't have to worry about the expectations of, fu- of future because it's not here. And in the same way, you don't have to worry about the things or the pain that happened before because it's gone. The only reality is the present. That is the only thing that will set you free and that is going to take you from overwhelm in any situation that you can be or, or pain to center and to be happy and fulfilled. So that's the best advice that I will give my uh, younger self.
1: That's good advice. How do you stay in the present?
0: (laughs) I think that is practice of breathing or remembering, or when I am with the kids, what inspires me is that Penelope is the name of the girl. So sometimes she's playing with the toys. So then I remember, it's a practice. So then I remember that this very moment is gone like she moved the toy from one side like from the hand to the other hand and I said this is magical like this moment is gone and it's going and going it's living 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 every time and you can see that when I go back and look at the photos in the phone. I can see her face when she was a baby. And I, I compare now, and I say, how in my memory, I don't recall exactly when she was a baby, how, how every single detail in the face looked like. So this is an example when I say, wow, the present is so beautiful, it's such a gift. We don't need millions to become happy, because this moment is the gift because it's living, because it will never be again in the history of all humans, in the universes, in the multi-universes, will never be the same. So it's so magical. That realization is what makes me be present. Of course, I cannot be present absolutely all the time because that is the practice of, that's why I am in this body or experiencing this. That's what I came to practice for, to realize who we are. So, but my practice is sometimes being in 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 that in the breathing sometimes remembering so that becomes a habit remembering that if I start to breathe oh I have to remember that I'm here so what is around me that I can experience with that sense of curiosity as if I will never see it again oh it's beautiful I love that what um do you meditate
1: what I do actually what I
0: just explained I did it before without realizing when I was younger Okay. When I when I was born, I was born in a in a very very poor family and a very violent family. My father was very violent, alcoholic. With my mom, and sometimes I remember seeing these scenes where I would see this as a movie and thinking I was small and seeing is is this real? Like seeing all of that violence, and so some somehow I, I I remember having that, that sensation of being in that present and wondering about this, is this me? Why, why is all, of, why the world works like this? What is this? But later on, I, 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 I read, I like to read. So I came across a couple of books and I started to understand how exactly a practice of the present is a meditation, because They put their mind where it should be. Actually, people meditate so they can learn how to stay present. That's what what people meditate. Yes, that's true. Yes. So, yeah, that is mostly my practice and... In the morning, sometimes I try to get some calm. I am in a stage of life where my kids are very small and they, you know, there is a lot of noise. It's not always possible to actually be a session, 30 minutes and everything in quiet and perfect. No. So I just accommodate my life and my practice of what, of what I like to experience, which is in the day to day, in the moments that I I can be present with the family and the, and what I can see about the world and my reflections.
1: Yeah. That sounds great. That's really good. I understand that. Yeah. I, I. So I meditate, but I meditate to learn how to stay in the present and it's even hard
0: during meditation. I've been doing it my whole life. We can hear all the noise in the mind. It's unbelievable. It's, there is a lot, a lot that has been placed or not placed, but we have absorbed during the our whole life. So When we are in the present, it's beautiful because we're experiencing the moment. And when we are experiencing the moment, then the thoughts are not there judging what is good is good or bad. No, we are just enjoying the very moment. So that's why I find it that, that one easier than the other formal meditation. Uh, we come, there are things that comes in our lives in stages. Sometimes you decide that in this stage of your life, you want to try this. And so, so I think that later on, and maybe I might have my base to actually go more into a more more quiet state like that and um, practice more in that way. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I, I read somewhere that we have the same, I can't remember, but it's like basically the same, whatever, 70 thoughts or 40 thoughts, but we, they repeat. So like throughout the day, we're ha- it's like you know I'll be I'll, I'll think of something oh I can't forget that and then I forget it but five minutes later I've remembered that I can't forget it again the same thing you know and it's just like this constant
0: same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, and what is incredible is that when we don't inquire that we don't even realize that that is going on. Yeah.
1: That's true.
0: That's why it's beautiful to start that inquiry practice so so we can discover this whole universe that is there waiting for us to be discovered. <laughs> yeah. So did you read Eckhart Tolle or something else? That author the other day I heard in a in a or read actually in a blog post in Facebook somebody speaking about the author. I haven't read the author. I read a book books from an author, her name is Sherry Huber. And those are the books that inspire me. I think that I I might check into. I have I follow him on, on Instagram, and sometimes I like his his short phrases, which is which is good because you can have a short phrase, and from there you can meditate actually on that and get a good practice out of that. So um, I I am interested in exploring that one. But most of my inspiration have came from Cherry, I think, and Byron Katie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Byron Katie's is amazing. Yeah.
1: And it is Sherry Hubert, is that her name, Sherry Hubert? And she writes about um, minimalism or? Maybe Zen. Zen.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that I feel aligned with the philosophy from Zen and I de- actually minimalism comes from, as a philosophy, from Japan and, you know, that this Zen and the Buddhism and all of this comes from this um, area of the world. So we feel always fascinated with ancient. Ancient cultures have been always a matter of exploration for me. I remember having 18 years old, being 18 years old, being in a very Catholic and very traditional country because my all my school happened with girls and with nuns. So it was one hundred percent. Wow! <laughs> yes, one hundred percent going to choose the mass exactly everything how it's traditionally done. But my mind has always been super curious, super inquiring about things, and I always wondered. I remember when she, they were giving class. I remember, okay, but what happened if I had born if I was born in another country? So then I would be a sinner. I, I wouldn't be able to go to heaven. And those type of questions took me years later to to read about just by curiosity other co- cultures. And I, that opened more my mind. And I appreciate a lot of Buddhism and Zen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that that's common for for people to have that those thoughts. So that's great because it led you on your path.
0: Yes, yes. it's It's always there for a reason, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: totally. And there's a there's a really good book I read by a Japanese author who's a minimalist called Goodbye Things. And he has so little that he could move from his apartment to another apartment in 20 minutes. He can pack up and move everything he owns in 20 minutes. I'm
0: going to look for that book because I really love that literature. Yes.
1: It's so good. I'll send you the
0: the link. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's awesome amazing I was I I devoured it wow and that's how I am with the books I don't want to stop I'm like this is beautiful I want to continue reading sometimes my husband is he finds like why she's like that for a book and I'm like no I cannot leave it I cannot go to sleep until I it's 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 amazing right like it's just we just love it oh yeah oh yeah I understand that and I there is something that I want to mention that you know, people that seem into this understand that is you yourself telling yourself that. So that's why you love so much the book, because it's your own voice there. You, your own self is telling you that. So that's why you're like, this is fascinating. It's you. It's actually you saying that to you.
1: Wow, I love that. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And journaling does that, right? Exactly. Yes. You, you're
0: Depending on what you journal? Yes. We do the gratitude journal every single night with my husband. We, we open it and he writes. I wish I had it here to show you. Um, He writes the, the the number of points that he wants to make and then he passes to me there in bed and I do it every night. Ah, That's a transformational thing. Because now we go back and all of this we have done, so we have been has seen the transformation in the journal. When you are grateful for material things, right? But sometimes you are grateful for the air. You are grateful for your organs, for the heart that is actually working all the, all the time, for the clouds, for the cold. Even I don't like the cold. I'm great. I have to be grateful for the cold because everything in nature has their own role, even aspect of does it has its role so it, everything has to be perfect there so you have to be grateful for everything so that is a, a good thing really like it has transformed my life a lot that practice
1: too oh i love that great yeah gratitude they, and they say that that really helps like depression or negativity if you're somebody stuck in a negativity loop is to do gratitude journaling yes i didn't know
0: about particularly all of those benefits it's interesting that you mentioned that but I can see that how, like, the more I practice all of this, the less I feel. For example, I am I am launching a magazine for women in business. I am I have many projects. I I created my own program for to learn productivity and systems in business. And because of my degree in engineering, so I decided to that uh, I'm writing a book actually about these methods. And these projects, I do them, and honestly, for Somebody else can might think that I'm not ambitious enough or that I don't like money because I am don't, you know, because I don't have the actual expectations that on that. As you explained, it's a passion. Like it's for me a total passion. I totally enjoy it. Get money or not, I feel as a millionaire right now. Even if I for some reason we cannot have this home. We are still enjoying the life because we know that at the the end of the day, it's such a dream. It was such a dream. So we had to embrace it. It's going to end. It's going to end anyways. Yeah, it's going to end for everybody. (laughs) Exactly. So why not better enjoy it now and not expecting one day when we are supposedly getting something that we ourselves in the idea that we're gonna get so better enjoy it now with mistakes or whatever happens it's such an adventure it's a total adventure so that's how I I kind of embrace now and gratitude have gave me the power to not having the view in I have to charge for this but the viewing I give this let's see what happens there is no attainment yes yeah That's great. So I can see my mind transform of, I want to have a business, I want to be with my kids from I need the money for the business to I give these fears and I see what happens because I'm always, because I'm being training myself in, in the gratitude with, I'm already grateful because I have this what I have. So what else I can have to feel better everything that i get would be an additional bonus that i'm not even expecting so such a blessing but i'm blessed already yeah
1: wow and how long have you been doing the gratitude with your husband uh that one maybe six months ago oh yeah that's a long time yes and it's been (laughs) incredible
0: yes it's been very beautiful and do you find yourself repeating things yes yes i i find I find I try to find things that are different because I, I couldn't possibly you know in in my books in books for the whole life I couldn't possibly mention every single thing that I could be grateful for because it, it would be mentioning the whole world the whole universe the whole the whole thing, so um, but yes and there are things that I mention very often like the family. It, 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 The kindness that Steve teaches me every single day, the day, his patience and the patience of the kids, the wisdom that the kids teach me every single day. Because I I know that the kids came to my life, I know it, to train me in patience, to train me in kindness, to train me in thinking what the others want, not what I want. I want people to shut up. No. (laughs) (laughs) right I want what they want they want to play they want to be themselves yelling it's okay why do I have to impose what I want why I cannot be kind you know you know it's such a they are actually one day I said in a podcast actually actually the reason why the husband is there and the kids are there because the closest people that is around you they are the biggest masters that you yourself need for that transformational journey that you're undertaking, yeah, so I'm super grateful for them. They are teaching me the best that could be taught. And a master's Zen cannot teach me those things. They are the Zen masters, actually.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, can you tell people where they can find you and like what your like? Is are your projects, you know, out there for people to? Look for
0: Yes. My accounts, I mean, all accounts as Diana Olenik. So it's very easy to find me and we can connect and talk. Okay. And I'll put
1: the links in the show notes. I love your philosophy. Thank you.
0: Hi. Thank you so much. I love to talk with women like you. I don't have this chance. So I'm super grateful, super honored with your social, um, actual job because I feel that having a podcast is a social job like it's it's beautiful it's like a charity actually it's like bringing these messages and showing the stories of amazing people and learning in the process I also with a podcast I learn a lot from people and that is a gift that's the best gift actually so thank you so much for this opportunity I really appreciate
1: that Yeah, thank you. I, you know, I was just telling somebody yesterday, because when I first started the podcast, it was about my journey to, you know, this, but then after like, you know, two weeks, I was like, okay, bored next, you know, like, what else can I do? And I love podcasts where people interview people. And so I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just, you know, interview people and see what happens. And It has been like the biggest gift for me. I have met the most amazing people and everybody's teaching me so much. that, like, I just, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this just because it feels so good. And hopefully it's helping other people, you know,
0: (laughs) that's the goal too. But we are, we are already well served if the message is for us, because every single person that we interact with is teaching you something. I agree. Even the ones,
1: I was talking to somebody today about this woman that's just, I don't like her, but it's more that she doesn't like me. And so she's mean to me. But then I said, you know, she's here to teach me something.
0: Exactly. Yes. That's how life works. Yes. Other, other than that, we're confused. But when we realize all that, okay, that, we're right. I say <laughs> we get confused when we're in the opposite and we suffer on top of that. So, we do, we do. When we fight it.
1: So, do you have your own podcast? Or yes, I have a podcast. Oh, you do. What it, and what
0: is your podcast? It's called the Alchemia Success Show, and it, the purpose is to showcase the journeys of women in business, their success, their lifestyle, their also mindfulness and all of these. It seems too broad because it's it's about. An expression of me too. That's why I wanted the podcast to express my values to my audience, to show who who I am. So for me, it was important to bring for the support, supporting women in business to bring these other fundamentals that for me are essential. Like, for example, the, the, the good habits in terms of foods that are nutritious, that are good for the bodies that impacts also the business. How, how you, everything that you are as a person impacts the results in a business. Your habits, the mindfulness, you know, these practices, the gratitude, all of these th- things I, I have them in my podcast and that's the reason, honestly. So it's been an amazing journey, exactly as you say, learning from all of these people. No, it's all this training for yourself for free. <laughs> All this coaching. Yeah, exactly. I know. I was like, I should be
1: paying. Like, I should be paying you guys. I know exactly. <laughs> totally feel that way.
0: It's amazing, right? The gifts that life put us in front. It's never a coincidence. It's a preparation for something. It's so inside. It's recognizing the beauty of every person, the diversity, the worlds in every person. Seeing the- these stories is it's incredible. Yes, it's transformational. Right now, because we're working with the with the magazine, which my purpose, which I discovered also with the podcast. My purpose, my other mission was to get help women to be seen. So many women are with their businesses and they want more exposure. They want more people to see what they do. So I said wow, I have these skills, I should better use them also to continue expanding this mission. So I created a magazine to showcase their journeys and to help them with certain events to show their their businesses, their, their products, whatever they, they do. And so they can have their own, you know, success with their own uh, businesses. Everybody helps in, in different ways. And I found that for me it's inspirational to help women because at some point in my life, I had very hard experiences as a woman with kids and having a business was always my dream. So now I feel that I am in a good position now to maybe inspire a little bit someone and to learn also from someone, from everybody who crosses my path. Because I'm not actually to teach. I'm actually to absorb, like to learn from everybody. So yes. That is exciting. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for
1: your time. I know we've gone a little over, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you and I you're phenomenal.
0: You had a lot of really great things to say. No, oh, I thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I feel that it's never a coincidence. I want to end with this that I feel that is beautiful. And is that one day I was listening to Gary B. And this guy was saying that, he found the research on the internet that said that the probability of one human being to be born is one in a trillion. What? According to scientific scientists, one in a trillion. And then my own reflection was that on the Earth we have seven point five ninety eight billion people on earth so one day i was saying to steve can you imagine if we can create a statistical probability join these two probabilities because we are engineers so we like to think in terms of numbers join the probability of one human being to be born and uh, 7.598 billion people on earth together so what is the probability that you kimberly and i got to connect and talk today it's very beautiful it's never a coincidence yes wow yeah that blows my mind (laughs) yes exactly that's the purpose so we can see how beautiful this is
1: yeah oh well thank you thank you for blowing my mind
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny so beautiful yeah the life is to enjoy actually very beautiful thank you so much for for allowing me to talk to you
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is also highly appreciated. You can find me and more information about AUA on anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes here under the podcast, but also on my website. The notes include links to everything that's been talked about today. However, my main goal is to give back to the community, to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram at anunknownadventure. And whether you do or don't, following me there would light up my entire week. So remember to keep dreaming big, because your adventure awaits, and I can't wait to hear about it.